Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live, folks, on the 14th. Of April 2019, what the fuck's going on? I'm RC. You might remember me from such podcasts as On the Grind Boxing, the relatively black and fat podcast. Even Willa and Wilt came a long way. Beautiful Sunday, nonetheless. Had a lot of boxing, able to catch back up on. Despite the slow week that we had previously, it's where we took the Sunday off because want to hear us talk about the business side of boxing nonsense that really has nothing to do with entertainment-wise. As far as listening value, it's not going to happen. But Willis gave us the day off. Was able to go to the park, enjoy some ice cream and things like that. Stop it. Enjoying the day off, nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> back at it. Back at it again, time and time again, once again. Um. What's hot right now before we kick the boxing is something that I could relate to how JP feels about college basketball. Tiger Woods won his first Masters since 2008, which being his major title he won, and the last time he did it. I don't know if he was freaking off last night or not, like he was back in Studio 54 or he's turning back to that dude. But I just want to congratulate, you know, the blazing man, Tiger Woods and himself, Having him back in golf is pretty good, even though I have no idea what golf is like. Played golf once before. Uh, I guess you can't use the same technique you use with a baseball bat, which seems most logical to me. Nonetheless, good ups for Tiger Woods. Only thing I know about golf is that it previously stood for gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. I like that. That sounds good, even though times have changed. And all that good stuff. Um, yeah, playoff basketball starting. A whole lot of good stuff coming around in sports right now. After it's been kind of dead. Boxing had a lot going on yesterday, which I want to get to. I guess we could uh, start it up right now and see what's going on. And we could probably kick the show off with the ladies who had a big trailblazing moment in, in women's boxing. Um, sparked up a lot of conversation from people who are hoping to see a good fight, whichever side of the fence you were on, such as myself, had brought out a couple of uh, of uh, female enthusiasts and also female athletes who were in the sport, or not necessarily in, but in a sport, in sports, Triple G. Uh, Carmen Vargas and I was having a conversation, shout out to Houston's finest Latina, and uh, it was, uh, it, it had a lot of recognition and notoriety going on from the public perspective um, speaking from the casual perspective, which was a little surprising to me, but 
I guess that's just the way the movement is nowadays. Uh, not mad at it at all. We all know that I crack jokes here and there. Uh, also, Willa does when it comes to um, uh, females and things like that. But it's all it's all for shits and giggles. Uh, got a lot of love for females. Obviously, I'm an equal opportunist, <laughs> so don't have no favoritism from top to bottom. And uh, love to see the females making waves in the sport. And uh, can't wait to hear everybody's opinions on that. We got um, uh, other fights that were south of the border with Jaime Munguia, which I really want to get to, but I'll save that one. I'll save that one. Uh, Caleb Truax and Peter Quillen and a whole lot, a whole lot of us to get to the rundown of it all. So I guess I'll just cut in my little intro short, but just know. Parsi had himself a good old time since Wednesday, I think. And also give a, uh, just for me, give a quick shout out to two of my best friends who had birthdays this weekend, uh, yesterday and Thursday, which kind of made the week that much longer to Stacey Gaysha and my man Grant Napier. So uh, shout out to them. It was a fun time. Had a really good time. And uh, ready to kick this shit off. So let's take it to Houston, Texas, folks, where Houston might have a problem in the playoffs, but I highly doubt it. I'm rocking with y'all. D. Willow Wilson, I don't like how you send text messages to JP in our group message and say what I sent to you, but that's okay because we all good we all good in the hood. So, what's going on, my good friend? How are you doing, Damon Wilson? Hey, man, I'm doing good. It's an excellent, excellent motherfucking weekend, dog. Hey, I am so proud, so proud to be a black man to today. You know, last night, we'll talk about uh, Carissa uh-huh. Shields' ass whooping that she gave your girl and how, for some reason, I was hyped. Uh-huh. And I was very moved during that fight. Even, you know, as a father, I always say mm-hmm. this, you know, RC, you're not there yet. But when you get when, when you get kids, which you'll probably have some, some kind of mixed uh, brown and white babies, um, you'll, start, okay. you'll start realizing, you'll start real, you, your eyes will start getting watery at the craziest times. You're not going to be able to watch it without having to turn your head from your from your uh, from your wife or your son or your daughter and like oh, oh you know have to you know make up an excuse mm. to wipe your eyes you know I, <laughs> I teared up I teared up a little bit when I when Clarissa Shields got that W and then about forty five minutes ago I teared up again when my nigga Eldridge won another one man it's hey it was a great week great weekend of boxing we got to see uh you know Loma Chico easy work some guy. Munguia, my guy, didn't look too good. Um, but, yeah, man, good work. But I don't, mm. you know, I don't appreciate you pulling the Kobe Bryant and like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, Willa, me and Willa, we talk bad about women. No, no, no. You talk bad about women. Don't try to bring me down me? with these jokes. Yeah, you just said, oh, yeah, you know how me and Willa, we might joke. No, no, no. Just say you. Come on, Kobe. Don't Kobe me. Just take your, just take your medicine. You make jokes. I'm a, I've been can, down with women's boxing since day one, man. So, oh, you know. my goodness. We could ask the first lady, Natasha, about that one. I'm pretty sure she'll back me up. But okay, okay. I'm not going to Kobe nobody. So, I guess just me, even though we all know. You know we tag team. <laughs> You're a funny guy, Willis. You, know, you must have been working on your stand-up comedy the last few days. I, I, I'm happy for no. you, though. But it is a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Beautiful like day. Yeah, beautiful day. And, and uh, you know, 
fist up in the air for you. Feeling proud to be a black man for today. And, uh, and yeah, maybe when I do have some children, which I don't know why you said would be mixed, but uh, I, I, I highly doubt that, that I'll be tearing up and turning away and things like that. I have not cried since 2012. So, you know, with that said, we'll take it to JP. And JP, don't listen to anything Willis says, especially in the group message, because sometimes he likes to put out a lot of what my, what, my, what, what my buddy Donnie Trump would say, fake news. So I don't want to hear none of that. I, w- I took a nap and woke up yesterday. Woke up to hit that Eminem line. Got to wake up late the day to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not going to be tagging Willa no more posts for eye candy. But anyways, um, yo, I- I've been I've been checking out your podcast, JP, the last few days. And I want to say you have you're a really good job. Uh, your buddy that you work with, that you've been doing the show with, you know, the um, – I forget the journalist's name from Miami, but he's got a little bit of that certain ring to it when it comes to how in-depth the guy is with talking about football, talking about baseball especially, because I've been keeping up on my baseball this year. This year I plan on doing a lot more baseball observing. But anyway, just one long story short, really great show that you've been having. I've been paying attention to it, man. And, um, well, I mean, shit, how's everything going in SoCal, my brother? And thank you, RC. Very gracious as usual. Um, uh, no, man, uh, beautiful day out here, beautiful day out here. Um, it seems like we with the shits early this morning. Now, RC, you know, from the looks of things, if I was just a dude and I peered in on what your, what your, um, social media, what, what your page looks like, I'd be like, you know, this guy likes, uh, this athletically built white chicks. Is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's safe to ground to step on. The ice isn't cracking. <laughs> but, no, man, it's all good. You know, shit, I like the motherfuckers, too. But um, as far as this being a great day for black men or whatnot, look, Tiger, I don't know how you feel any pride in or even associate Tiger with any level of black identification. Because when Tiger had the shot, I think it was Oprah, who asked him what he identifies as. That motherfucker said Cablin Asian or some shit like that, all right? Now, his daddy, the man who got his punk ass up every morning, the one who got his little bitch ass on Johnny Carson, the one who did did all the footwork. Now, we ain't saying moms wasn't there. Moms was back there making all kind of good shit, duck soup, uh, cognac, all that. But... Pops, this was the drive of Pops right here, and he couldn't even say, yeah, I identify as a black man. I would bet if you ask Patrick Mahomes what he identifies as, even probably Steph Curry, they ain't going to hit you with no Cablinasian shit. So I don't even fuck with Tiger like that. I don't, I'm not going to well, fuck with Tiger like that. But uh, Clarissa, definitely happy for her, man. Um, we see she's on another level. And is there anybody that that can get with her? So, but Tiger, we don't fuck with you. You don't. Tiger can't come to the cookout, huh? Hey, Hell man, no. hey, you don't want to neither. Let me. When you got a dad <laughs> that's driving you to greatness, guess what? You hate that nigga. So oh, I'm not going to take. I'm just telling you. There was a point. You know, my dad was on my ass nonstop from about. 17 
from about 17 to 22, hey, I really wasn't fucking with that nigga, dog. So I can understand a little hatred. Hey, I can understand a little hatred. Hey, now that's my main nigga. You know what I'm saying? And that's my main guy, and I understand everything, you know. And, you know, that's still my guy. I still love him. That still was my dad. But, you know, I was, you know, I really wasn't fucking with him because it was just too much, I thought. But he did the right thing. I think if you ask Tiger today, he'd say he's a black man. I think if you, I think if you I see what Tiger has more. gone through, I, 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 mm. well, even if you don't, you can see how they, they dis, then despising Tiger and you know, doing all this. You can see that he's a black man. So I don't care what he says. I can see that he's a black man. I don't care what he thinks he is. Everybody else thinks he's a black man. And guess what? The black man just won. So you know, take it how you want to take it. Tiger is my nigga. Fuck it. Oh, like you shit. said, for, like you, you said, could for call shizzle, that, but he ain't hey, gonna call himself for, that. For, for shizzle, <laughs> he always wanted to say that. Hey, AJP <laughs> Willa might be may, might be at the might trying to get an invite to the Tiger Woods house to make some s'mores. <laughs> yeah, cook some s'mores, man. Hey, now, but, uh, hey, and before we get into boxing, <laughs> and before we get into this uh, quote talk, is what I like, what I like, what I call the uh, the show. Hey, let's keep it 100. Mm-hmm. You said athletically built, uh, JP? Now, RC sounds like I, I said I, I, some I kind of secret message. Generous. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> RC's acting like I said I, I said some kind of secret there message. Go, this was it. a tag on Instagram <laughs> where RC always tries to tag these 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 things, so they got to arch their back. Like, the girl has to have an S arch in her back just to have a little rump, and then you can see – that it's like it's crazy. This he likes them like one fifteen and under, dog. <laughs> one fifteen. No athletic. Only athletic no, build no, he likes is, uh, uh, is, 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 is is a certain is a certain boxer, but you know she don't like men, so it don't matter. Hey, yeah. watch it, man. Watch it. You treading some dangerous so, waters, there, buddy. Now, our feet like just forget all Slim, slim chicks. Yeah. Oh. Our, RC likes spaghetti, spaghetti and pancakes. Yeah. Enough of all that. So let's get to boxing, folks. <laughs> we had an interesting week, <laughs> to say the least. A whole lot of, a whole lot of, a whole lot of going on. And um, and all right, so I'll just start off with with the uh, with the Clarissa Shields and Christina Hammer fight. Now, look, I I just knew that Shields was the favorite and all that good stuff. But I go against the grain. I thought that Christina Hammer and that jab was able to was able to make Clarissa Shields look like a real T Rex with the little arms not being able to get in. But that didn't happen. She counter punched all night and the crowd for the most part was really hyped from the first round all the way to the last. Uh unfortunate that there's only two minutes in a round. As uh, I think JP had mentioned yesterday in our group message that if there was two if there was thirty seconds added to those two minutes, the fight might have been over, I think, in where was it? Somewhere in the later rounds of the fight. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Shields looked really good, uh, really established her dominance as far as ring generalship happened whenever they were in a clinch and she would just work some body shots, get a couple shots on top. You could see Christina Hammer with the frustration. I don't know if she felt like she was being cheated or this is America, whatever, 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 but it showed mental weakness to me. And she just wasn't ready to get in there with the likes of Clarissa Shields. Um, I, I, I probably, I thought that if the, the fight was going to go the way the first three rounds went, we were going to be in for a back and forth. 
leading to what I thought would happen being a split decision victory for Christina Hammer. But that didn't happen. Uh, uh, you know, spoken like a true champion would on Instagram today at Lady Hammer Official. Gave uh, Clarissa Shields credit saying she was a better woman and that she'll take that loss on the chin and work her way back. Gotta have class. Well, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I never was the biggest, you know, Christina Hammer fan. Not like that. So um, it didn't really strike me that much. Um, as Willow would say, that is my girl. Nothing like that. No, not at all. Uh, in fact, Michaela Mayer was in the building looking fuego, pulling for the corner of Clarissa Shields from being from the same uh, Olympic pedigree and things like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just see the, the difference from some of those, the female fighters who uh, not came up through the similar likes, like Clarissa Shields and Michaela Mayer, just a different level of uh, of athlete where technique and things like that come into play. Um <clears throat> For the most part, Clarissa Shields is fighting like a flat-footed fighter. Pretty, you know, not not much of a station, not not necessarily a stationary target, but not um, moving around more, so to speak. You know, sometimes Christina Hammer had her on her back foot, just waiting to counter shot, so it worked in their favor. Christina Hammer was moving around a lot, but when you're moving around a lot and not doing nothing to follow up or get some angles or find a certain reach from a distance. You ain't really doing much but tiring yourself out. That's what it kind of looked like from early in the fight, from the third or fourth round. So, um, yeah, that's off to Clarissa Shields. She looked really good. Uh, I was really surprised when she had Christina Hammer hurt in the later rounds of that fight where she looked like she was going to be able to possibly stop her because I didn't think that Clarissa Shields had enough pop to put down the jamming. But um, she looked really good, man, And, and Christina Hammer, uh, credit to her because uh, you know when you're a champion for as long as she was when you're fighting somebody who has eight fights under their belt you, you figure that you want to take them to deep water and if they have some of that early energy like Clarissa Shields had that maybe you could uh, uh, find some sort of weakness later on in the game and use your experience to your advantage but that didn't happen so a uh, clear cut clear cut unanimous decision victory for me uh, I think I gave Christina Hammer the third round, and that was about it, other than that clean slate. And, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it beats that way, and I feel, I feel like it was a really good step forward moving for women's boxing. Really good showing. The crowd was on their feet. Even though it was a clean, even though it was a clean cut victory unanimously for Clarissa Shields, Hammer was a good dancing partner because she was in there throwing some pretty vicious shots that didn't land much at all. you got to give Carissa Shields credit because she was moving around in there doing her best Muhammad Ali impersonation and looked really, really good. So um, hats off to Carissa Shields, unanimous victory, undisputed middleweight champion of the world. It's going to be hard to figure out who you put her in there with next because, um, you know, the way she just did hammer, the only thing I could really see being – a possibly immediate rematch, but even with that, don't look like Christina Hammer could really change up a whole lot, sharpen up any tools, cross out some exits, turn them into O's in the playbook, and figure out where she could go from there. So, uh, with that said, 
I'll take a plate of crow with hot sauce. Thank you very much. Well, uh, go ahead and tell me about this fight and what made you tear up and be so happy to call yourself a black man for that for just that moment only, I guess. I don't know, however you want to say it. But go ahead and break down the fight, my man, because uh, I think you, you called Carissa Shields to win the fight, the Nostradamus of boxing over here. So kick some knowledge, man. Oh, yeah. So, so first off, uh, Clarissa Shields has made her way into my top five boxers. You know, we used to have, like, Willis Country, uh, all that stuff back in the day. You know, she has definitely moved in. Clarissa Shields shows that, showed me that she is a real boxer. She's looked the best she's ever looked against her toughest opponent. She changed her game up. She went in there. She knew, hey, the thing is, Clarissa Shields gets tired. She gets tired early. So in the earlier rounds, she told herself, she said she stayed calm, and that's what she was in there doing, seeing what was going on, staying calm, not throwing, not being too aggressive because she didn't know what she, what she was, uh, what she was get, getting herself into, right? <clears throat> that's what you like to see. You know, she did stuff that you want to see every boxer do, make adjustments, go in there, and make things happen. Now, I think the, all the refs had it the same uh, 90. I think they had about six rounds, maybe, something like that. But really, she won every round. I think um, JP might have, a few people might have gave uh, Hammer the first round because she was coming forward and jabbing. But there was three left hooks landed by Clarissa Shields, which I think sealed the deal for her on that first round. Every round after that, I think it was, wasn't e- it, w- it was easy work. It was sparring work. Um, <clears throat> Hammer was in there throwing the one-two. Pusha Shields had seen the one-two for her entire her for her entire career in the amateurs. That was nothing special. Hammer went in there and she went out. She went out like a sucker, I think. Um, you know, because she was turning her head. She was holding. You know, she was she was in there. You know the the non warrior was showing. Now she didn't That's just crumble because at the end, she she didn't just crumble because at the end of the fight she was still trying to throw hard punches. They just weren't her. She was she was trying. She was in there trying. But she was turning her head a little too much for me. That was sort of she went out like a sucker to me. Clarissa Shields shows that she is the most dominant boxer in the game right now. Um She's the best women boxer we've seen in a long time. You know, I don't know if she's the best of all time. I haven't seen enough women to to make that judge judgment. But of the boxers that I've seen, she's the best. Like I said, she is broken to my top five boxers right now. Um, women fighters? Big... No, I mean, I don't have a top five women fighters. Just my top five fighters, you know. Canelo being number one. Crawford, number two. Wilder. Ryan Garcia. It used to be Munguia at the number five, but Clarissa Shields has just popped up into my top five spots. So <laughs> great, you know, she went in there. She was, you know, she gave respect, you know, and she she gave the praise to God afterwards and said, God, we did it. You know, that just touched my heart, really, to tell you the truth. I was hyped. Like you said, the crowd was hyped. That was a good event. They know. I take that back. The event was trash. The first guy, the Swedish guy, you know, as as people may know, my wife is Swedish. My son, he is half Swedish. So when we see Swedish people on the TV doing athletic stuff, you know, 
I like to let him see this kind of stuff. And I tell my wife about it. Hey, you know, there's a guy from Sweden on. Let's go. Let's watch him. His fight ends early. They uh, clash heads. The fat guy, he acts like he can't see. They're like, hey, you know. What, what was his name? Uh, uh, Kisner. He looked like – uh, I forget his first name, but I had to – I put it on my notes that, uh, you know, Kisner looked like he did not have his hands taped at all for that fight wearing dad version of Steph Curry's in a boxing fight. That was just, that was just utterly <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that guy, he was he didn't come in there to fight because he was acting like he couldn't see. There was nothing in his eye, no nothing. Yeah. The doctor's like, how many, <laughs> how many fingers I got up? The boy's like, uh, 1.5. I see 1.5. Yeah, we, so he didn't want to fight, so we didn't see that. Then we had two heavyweight guys fighting. One guy that went to prison that that his claim to fame was before he went to prison. He went 12 rounds with James Tony, I think. It was his claim to fame against this young guy. They were sloppy. But the way they ended it, it would look like it was a smaller venue. Clarissa Shields sounded like she had it packed with her fans. You know, that was the hometown crowd. Hey, that was a good feel the whole time. Hey, Clarissa Shields said she's the greatest uh, woman of all times, and she might be. She's undisputed. You know, I don't know who she could fight next because, again, I'm not really – you know, not even that I'm not even. I I looked at the champions in boxing, and, like, a lot of divisions don't have champions. A lot of divisions don't have, like, a WBC, WBO champion, but they might have an IBF champion. It's real, and and a lot of them are, like, 11-0 and 0 or 9-0. and 0. They're all, it, it's, it's very crazy. But the one woman she did call out was Baracus. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how to say her name. I think it's Baracus or something like that. She's a uh, – a German black lady, I believe, from Germany. She's some, somewhere else, a black lady. Now, I talked about her last time, but I I didn't remember her name. But she's an all right looking. We were talking about good looking women in boxing. She has that sort of Layla Ali feel. She's a pretty good looking woman, but I think she's a welterweight. Uh, Shields called her out to meet her at like one below, I guess at 154 or something like that. I don't know if that happens because I think this lady is a little older. You know, she probably don't want to get that work. Uh, Shields look good. Shields look good. These weren't two-minute rounds. I think Hammer would have maybe not got stopped, but they would have stopped it. <laughs> Shields looked stronger. She looked faster. She showed that she can counter. She showed that she ain't always wild. Um, she showed that she's a true boxer. And uh, she did America proud. You know, RC says Hammer isn't his, his girl, but yet he posts German flags. This nigga ain't from Germany. He's from uh, California. So why is he pointing up uh, posting German flags? I don't know. Because that's his girl, and she got that work. Now he's talking about it ain't his girl. That's fucked up. We, we don't have no proof about German flags being posted or nothing like that. So that's just hearsay. Well, I got proof, and I'll just go. I'll go ahead and post it on the Twitter just for everybody to see. If I think it's probably it is. on Twitter. I mean, I think, I think it probably is on Twitter. Y'all just look up RC and with the German flag. Search RC or no, uh, uh, Presidente. How, uh, Presidente. What is it again? RC no, no, underscore Presidente. Then put the German flag and you'll see it pop up. I saw He's a, a, Nazi sympath- a, a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
you on your A game today. I see you ain't slipping or nothing like that. But I don't remember posting nothing like that. So, you know, whoever wants to believe anything that he says, I got some magic things to say, like Irish Patty Cronin would say. But I got you, Will. I got you. I remember that. But uh, let's get some JT and CI says about this fight because I believe you guys were both on the same on the same side with Clarissa Shields and and, uh, and seeing the fight happening as it did coming to fruition as you guys spoke about it. So JP, your thoughts on this fight? Uh, Willard makes a lot of good points, a lot of not so good points. But what did you think about this fight, my man? Uh, I'm most happy about is that it was good for women's boxing. I think it raises the status and the profile of women's boxing overall. I think a lot of boxing fans tuned in last night that wouldn't have tuned into a Clarissa Shields fight for whatever reason. So the card was able, it was just a boxing night last night. And so if you're a boxing fan or if you're a friend of a boxing fan and you're just hanging around your buddies, like, you know, come over, man, I'm going to be watching a fight. You seen the Clarissa Shields fight. And like I said last, uh, on Wednesday, this, unlike women's basketball, are certain sports that there's such a drop-off as far as the, I don't know, the skill sometimes from the men to the women in their sport. Like uh, baseball, it's just a complete different, you know, smaller looking. They do this weird underarm pitch thing. And so, guys, if you if you don't have a daughter a lot of times or you're just not drawn to watching women's baseball, uh, WNBA, big drop-off in the athleticism That's in, in both respective sports. But I said that this fight, for the casual male viewing the fight, you wouldn't have that drop-off, and you would be able to be interested because it looks like two people fighting at a pace, at a at the, with the type of violence we like to see in a fight. So Clarissa, you know, Surprisingly, I thought she'd struggle somewhat with the jab, but what I what I didn't know Clarissa has is what she has is like uh, she's a hell of a counter puncher. I see her in the counter puncher ability in the, in the elk of like a Walmart Manuel Marquez because she counter punches with combinations. A lot of guys could you know slip a punch and, and you know hit you once, maybe even twice, but she's coming with a combination after you know she slips and. Uh, Hammer, you know, did what she was supposed to do. I thought she may have taken the first round with her jab, but she was trying to stay behind that jab. That jab we thought would uh, make Clarissa struggle, but she didn't struggle. Clarissa was able to, you know, slip and slide and come in and give her her work, and then she did it all night long. I don't think Clarissa was ever like the person initiating, you know, getting off that first punch very often. And I think towards the end she really – uh, you know, discouraged Hammer from coming in, you know, and you started to see Clarissa start really laying it on her. And that's when I was saying, like, if this, if these rounds were, you know, another 30 seconds longer, I think we might have, we might have seen a technical knockout. But I really think they should give women boxing that extra 30 seconds because, I mean, damn, man, a lot of people take a, just about a minute to really start engaging each other. And then, you know, with really elite-level fighters, you just don't get them out of there that easy. So I think two minutes and 30 seconds would be a good addition. I think if you want regular, you know, boxing fans to gravitate towards it, you can't have these these margins that it, that it makes it look to, to a regular man's eyes. And I, this might be a chauvinistic conversation. But I think if you're trying to lure the fans, 
because this is it's not like women are going to be like, hey, girls, did you guys hear about this Clarissa Shields? Let's all the women start watching. That's not what happens. It's the men who are going to be like, you know what, these chicks are badass, and then the women come because we're letting them know it's a badass chick. So you got to make it as close to the real thing as possible. And that extra minute, I think of 30 seconds to do it just enough justice. But, um, you know, I'm excited for the future of it, like you guys are saying. I think Clarissa is probably the most dominant since Layla Ali. Looks, looks the part the most. And I really enjoy, you know, I was out on her, you know, because I, I and I just have to be completely transparent here. She's not that attractive. Um, when, when I wasn't taking a good look at her, she just seemed – um, I don't know, just I like to see a little something different out of a lady as far as how she's approaching approaching things. She kind of got that rugged, raw approach, and, you know, it is what it is. But after really getting a, a nice bar of her and watching her this weekend, you know, I, I think she kind of like um, kind of a, like a free spirit to some degree. And I think she just being who she is, and I'm going to give her, definitely give her a chance and, be a fan. I'm going to start being an advocate of Clarissa Shields. So she's definitely hit my radar, and now she's a fighter that I'll tell, you know, next time around uh, I'll bring my daughter into it and say, hey, babe, you know, check out this girl. Her name's Clarissa Shields. She's she's really good. Check her out. So she's she's hit that that point of uh, stardom, at least in my household, where I'll be starting to tell others about her. So that's definitely something. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. I feel you on that. And, you know, no, there's no uh, sour grapes on my part, even though Willis said I was posting German flags and things like that. But I just want to say that pretty good run by Christina Hammer being a champion for so long to take this L and give credit to where credit's due. Well, maybe she could get back to the drawing board figure out what went wrong, try to write that, and it's not so bad. Maybe she could just put things together the right way and and get back on that saddle and get it on back up. So, Christina Hammer, I ain't going to completely turn my back on you, but, uh, you know, sometimes it beats that way. Now, DJ Record Break, we can cut that off. And I just want to say great performance by the women. Hopefully that women... Uh, future in the sport of combat in general, because, you know, there's a lot of good females out there. I mean, you look at the UFC, you got Amanda Nunez, who's one of the baddest women on the planet. Uh, Michelle Watterson, that's a fine woman right there. Nice little Asian piece. Beautiful, beautiful. But they got skills, man. And nowadays these women are having a lot more skills that you've ever seen before, Olympic background and pedigree and things of that nature. But anyways, uh, moving along. Now, Vasil Lomachenko. Well, the Earth guy is just, the hype train has gone ridiculous with this man. And I say hype train because I see flaws. Uh, 13 victories, we all know the one that he had. That one L being the Orlando Salido uh, in his first professional fight. He's uh, got Cooney Country going crazy for him. I seen, since Willa want to bring up some dirt, I seen Willa 
Yeah, actually, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. I don't say nothing, but I, I'll keep an eye. I'll keep a post on forums out there and things of that nature. And whenever I see my partner pop up, I t- I go to my notes, go to my notes on my iPhone, mark it down, highlight it, all that good stuff. Anthony Barola, I guess you could call game opposition, 34 victories, six previous L's getting this new seventh one. British guy, you know, shit, ain't nothing special, 32 years old. Even though Vasil Lomachenko is not the youngest of guys, um, given that, what, he's 31, 30 years old, something like that, he's around the same way. But Vasil Lomachenko put them paws on him yesterday, getting him out of there in the fourth round with a little short check hook to the side of the head and which completely flopped opposition straight down to his knees. And I've seen my buddy Willis say that, Oh, he took a dive. <laughs> ah! Yeah, well, I can... I can... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Took a dive. Dive my ass. He didn't take no dive down to nowhere. He went straight down that plunge head first. And the water was so hard on the ground, on the bottom, just put his ass out. But I, I, I say a lot of things about Vasil Lomachenko, sometimes in a negative light and things like that. That's just because I don't like the, the the hype train putting him number one over guys like Crawford, Spence, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, fair be fair, the guy did put in some good work. Gosh, fucking train. Put in some good work for sure. And the one thing I liked about Vasil Lomachenko yesterday was not inside the ropes, but outside the ropes, going into the locker room, checking on old boy, Showing really good sportsmanship, wearing a white cap, blue collar, all those things of that nature. Um, I can respect that. It doesn't necessarily change the opinion I have about things with Nicholas Walters and Guillermo Rigandao and how I think that those fights ended up the way they ended up being. Briefcase. But yesterday, Vasily Machenko put on a hell of a performance. And got a pretty good stoppage victory by my standpoint. If you look at the ringside view with Joe Tessitore, Timothy Bradley, and Andre Ward, if anyone's seen that, I'm guessing Willard's reaction to this knockout was the same reaction that Andre Ward had put on display with body language. But Andre Ward, he, he seems to be that way. Never impressed with anybody. It could be the Marquez knockout of Manny Pacquiao. And I think that Andre Ward would still have that straight face and not much to be impressed by. But I was highly impressed yesterday with Vasil Lomachenko. And that's saying something to me. It speaks volumes to me. Because a lot of people like to consider me a hater on the guy. Far from. I just like to be an agent of truthful information. So, Willa, yesterday... We only had four rounds to judge by being a small sample size from Vasil Lomachenko. But as I said before, he put them paws on him. And that stoppage, in my humble estimation, was very legit. You uh, Would you like to go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy brother with the tinfoil hat on about this dive you were speaking on? Or was that a different Damon Wilson on the boxing forums that I've seen on the Internet yesterday? Oh, no, no, no. That was me. 
Now, Lomachenko, I, it's the, I feel the same way about him as you. I respect what he's doing out there. I think that he's a top three to four to probably a, a two to four pound-for-pound guy in the game right now. I respect what he's doing. I know he's got the skill, but he is a hype train. Now, we know in the past we've seen crazy stuff like, you know, Nicholas Walters got us a boogeyman, you know, get go in there and not throw, you know, not box at all and just get worked and then quit, right? We've seen that happen, and then he just disappeared from boxing for the rest of his life. And, and real We've quick, seen he that was happen. a fan of Lomachenko's afterwards, too, shaking his hand and smiling and shit. Yeah, he was happy, and he had just quit. Then you've got rigging down. He does the same thing. Now, what's the next step? The next step is to have a guy fight and just get knocked out by a short right. Now, all of a sudden, Lomachenko has sleep power in a short right hook. He's sleeping, boys, at the top. I mean, he hit him in the top of the head, maybe, maybe. But he has power. Boys is going down face first, you know, like Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> you know, this guy, Corolla, he went in there. Uh, he didn't want to fight at all. He didn't come to fight. I don't know what the hell he was in there doing. He was there to get knocked out. And that's what he did, man. So I'm not taking anything away from Lomachenko. Skills, uh, you know, just the hype train just needs to slow down a little bit. Um but yeah, I don't I don't believe he has one one punch knockout power like that where he's just sleeping boys with with right hooks. Well, unfortunately, the hype train's only picking up steam, man. Uh, he was talking about Devonta Davis yesterday or Friday when it happened. Uh, Mikey Garcia, you know, and the what have you done for me lately business. He stopped the guy face down, ass up. Well, Mikey got pummeled by Earl Spence, and Javante Davis is fighting guys that nobody's worried about. So, I mean, the way it's going, man, honestly, seems like all these fighters that we had a lot of uh, upside and potential for that we've seen for free on TV or, you know, networks, uh, subscripted cable like HBO and Showtime, now everybody's going pay-per-view. Possible Tank Davis and Lomachenko match be pay-per-view. If he fights Mike Garcia, that's going to be pay-per-view. So it's like, you know, uh, pay-per-view was dead for a while, but now it's going to be picking up steam like crazy, just like the Lomachenko hype train is picking up steam like crazy. But uh, nonetheless, I gave him a great performance, and I see where you're coming from, where, you know, he, he all of a sudden got some of this power that's going to put a guy down like Pacquiao. Uh, but the equilibrium can do some strange things to a human anatomy. Uh, uh, but I take nothing away, and also I – I, I hear where you're coming from, not necessarily echoing the sentiments, but I see what you're saying on that for sure. JP, this fight yesterday, uh, <laughs> shit, uh, it's a guy nobody's worried about, but at the same time, the man ain't get them 34 victories off low-hanging fruit from a tree. Uh, I think it was uh, decent opposition, but to get, get him out of there in the fourth round the way Lomachenko did is highly impressive. What is your thoughts on the performance, and all in all involved with Vasil Lomachenko. Well, I won't take anything away from Vasil's performance. He did what you're supposed to do with a guy you like a, a huge favorite uh, over. 
Um, he did exactly what you're supposed to do, make it a short night. Uh, was the was the shot? Did the shot seem to deserve that type of reaction from Corolla? No, but nonetheless, it looked pretty legit. I think with uh, Lomachenko, two things are true. Uh, is he great? Yes, that's the truth. But is he also backed by a hype beast? That's also true, and that's something that seems a certain demographic of fight fan can't swallow. Uh, many of us are out here saying, yeah, Lomachenko's great, but there's a lot of hype and there's not a lot of fights to you know support this number one pound-for-pound pound ranking a lot of people want him to have. And they just seem to want to say, oh, well, that's just you hating or some you know racial connotation to that. But Lomachenko's great, man. He's 31 years old. He's going to start having to get some of these big fights, a fight where he's threatened. He's going to have to either go up or down to, you know, find that fight because I don't think anybody's coming directly to him, you know, because why would you and his other business around? So there's business around there. Lomachenko got, he got to, you know, figure out what he's going to do. Can he lure Mikey down to 135? Not a chance. <clears throat> Mikey's not going to 135 after being up at 147, maybe 140. But uh, Lomachenko's going to have to take some kind of risk against a bigger guy. And, you know, he's kind of finding himself in a rock and a hard place because they got to start validating this ranking. And I think that's kind of the hard spot they're in. Yeah, the, the, that, that's what it all boils down to, the validation. And, you know, the man's got 13 Ws under him. It's a small sample size. And, I mean – it always comes down to some sort of uh, racial dispute if you're talking to a Lomachenko fan and, and you know, they they don't necessarily want to, like R. Kelly said, they don't want to believe the truth. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it, look, the guy's really good, elite, top five. I'll give him top five for sure. But, the you know, the whole the whole notion of, you know, undisputed number one mythological pound-for-pound pound ranking – it rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I don't see th- that kind of power, even though what we've seen yesterday or on Friday would would, would be a good debate uh, against. But performance against guys like Jorge Linares, uh, uh, 135 is just a little too much for the little dude. He don't have great defense. Um, previously, before that, when he was, uh, I believe, first making his uh, or no, it was his second. It was his second back in uh, 2017 against M- Miguel Miyarga. It was a, uh, um, it was not a performance that would 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 grant the Matrix nickname for Vasily Lomachenko because he walked out of that ring. He got the stoppage, but he definitely needed a new defensive coordinator because uh, he was he was pretty red. He's pretty red after fighting a guy that nobody's worried about, but. Yeah, I mean, it's only going to pick up steam, as I said. And uh, with his performance last Friday, that's not going to render or slow down or put in question anybody's belief of how good they think Vasil Lomachenko is. And like I said, I'm not being a hater. He's a really good fighter, elite-level fighter, top five. But that number one, you can miss me with that. If I had some sort of magical wand that could 135 pounds, good to go. We whooped his ass. 
if I could have this magical wand that would put Tiafimo Lopez as his next opposition, he's going he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna to get him the fuck out of there. Put that shovel on the man. Put the, put the shovel with the dirt on the man and grave dig him. I hope we get to see that one next. Because that's, that's probably one of my favorite fighters right now in the game is young Teofimo Lopez. I like that guy a lot. I hope they could get this going on because that, for me, would be the best fight, in my opinion, of what's next for Vasil Lomachenko. Maybe Mikey is a little damaged. Not much, but maybe he's a little damaged. Maybe his confidence is a little shook. Uh, speaking of Mikey, I forgot that he has a, a little exhibition event going on against a legend. With what, I think a four-round bout or something like that? Did you guys see about that? Is he fighting? I think it's, uh, he's Morales. He's fighting Eric Morales. Like yeah, Morales. Yeah, he's fighting That's Eric right. Morales. He's fighting Eric Morales in a little four-round exhibition. So Mike Garcia getting back on the getting back on the saddle with the TMT um, back into it. I forgot about that. Talk about that later. But anyway, I think maybe he is a little damaged, whether it's not physically, but you know, mentally a little bit from what Earl did to him. So it's either Javante Tank Davis or Tiafimo Lopez. A lot of people think that Tiafimo ain't ready, but I put him in there, and I think he, I think he's not worried about it at all. But that was just, that was that man. I give Tiafimo Lopez, uh, uh, sorry, Vasil <laughs> Lomachenko credit. He uh, he did what he had to do and get out, get him out of there in the early early round that was put on ESPN Plus. So it is what it is. Good job to him. Miles was top given. Now moving along. Caleb Truax and Peter Quillen. Uh, I think that Peter Quillen showed a lot more than I think he was going to show when we talked about it on the Wednesday show. Peter Quillen was uh, was putting some hands on him a little bit. Not, not necessarily overwhelming, but more than expected, I guess if you could say that. But it ended because of a controversial headbutt. And it, honestly... I've seen bigger gashes where fighters had to get through, but I suppose it was the the, the blood that was just continuously pouring from Caleb Trice. It was ugly, don't get me wrong. Uh, ugly gash on the head. Um, <clears throat> I think we've just seen different ones that were able to be continued by. But I was uh, a little upset because it looks like we were going to be in for a good fight where things might have been on the up and up for Peter Quillen. Caleb Trice has got his name from the upset of the year in 2017 against James DeGale, which nobody saw coming, but as you've seen what happened to James DeGale recently and how, oh, how the wheels have fallen off, you know, I guess I'm not saying that you you could uh, undermine that upset victory, which was upset of the year in a lot of people's categories and Ring Magazine and all that good stuff, but he got his name off that. And if you were to tell me before Peter Quillen had took some L's by Danny Jacobs and things like that, if Caleb Truax would stand a chance against him, probably say you're crazy. But, yes, but, you know, on FS1, it looked like we had a pretty good fight brewing until the headbutt happened. Well, um, I, 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 when I was watching that fight, I figured that I was going to be proven wrong because I was picking Truax to get the W in that fight. But unfortunate circumstances happened. What did you think about the – Stoppage that it happened by the head, but was it uh, was it justified or not in your opinion? Oh yeah, it definitely was, man. Uh, 
Truex came in there, his crowd was the opposite of Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Clarissa Shields' crowd. I think he had the home crowd. He comes out to Prince. They're singing Purple Rain, sort of. It's like they weren't that hyped for him. He didn't seem like he was hyped. He came out a little slow. He was sort of getting work. I mean, I really wasn't paying too much attention uh, because the fight, it was moving sort of slow. I think it was the second round, right, that they uh, that the butt happened. So, um, I thought it was the fourth, but I'll, I'll double check that. Go ahead. Continue. It might be the fourth. It might have been. I'm not 100% sure. But it was, uh, you know, it was going slow. Then um, he got hit with that headbutt, and he was bleeding, man. I know he couldn't see. Now, they were trying to, and we saw, what's my man's name from, um, from Sweden? Uh <sighs> the black dude who lost, uh, I can't remember his name, but he had the big-ass cut in his, he had the gash in his head, and he was bleeding, and it was similar to that. Badu it was Jack. almost to the bone. Yeah, Badu Jacks, there we go, my man Jacks. So he, you know, but this cut was similar, but it was over the eye. You know, these guys, Boom Boom and Freddie, you know, he's, he's, he's talking about, oh, man, he should go, you know, all this crazy shit. Like, come on, dude. This guy's eye, if he keeps on getting hit, that shit's going to open, and that's opening above his eyelids. Like you know, even though it seems like they could, they got it to stop bleeding because it wasn't bleeding at the um, at the end of the fight, unlike the uh, the white guy that we saw on the uh, Clarissa Shields thing where he where there was actually no blood the whole time he was acting <laughs> like he couldn't see. There was blood all in that guy's eye, man. I, I know people like Peter Quiller said y'all want to see people. I know people want to see him fight and, and, and lose an eye, but you know that is what it is. I think that was a good stoppage. Uh, hope they might fight again, but like you said, uh, what's the name wasn't looking too good, so who knows? But yeah, it was a good stoppage. It, it was what it was. Hopefully, they'll get a rematch. They both seem like that's what and they that, want. Yeah, and and you're right. That was in the second round, so a very small sample size of what could have been uh, entertaining fight. But you know, when it comes to health and longevity, uh, yeah, it, it probably was best to to cut that one out because it could have got really really ugly. And which could have probably set back a possible rematch that they could get going on for six to nine months, maybe even longer, if if more damage could have been sustained. JP, uh, this this headbutt that had happened, it was uh, it didn't necessarily seem like a heavy clash when it had happened. You seen you seen uh, Truax going for an uppercut mm-hmm. and Quillen going for a hook on top, and it didn't seem like the biggest clash of heads, but nonetheless. Uh, the uh, the the physical display of what had happened says otherwise. What did you think about that stoppage right there? Was it justified, or how do you feel about that? I don't know, man. It, it seems like those cuts. It depends on where they are. So it looked pretty deep. Of course, it was you know deep. A deep cut is going to need some stitches. So I'm fine with it if the doctor felt you know it was in one of those spots where it's going to affect the way the fight was going to turn out. Quillen. Uh, a little more violent than we thought he was going to be. And that's a good thing. He seemed to be explosive again and going for it also, you know, and that's the Quillen we, we came to love with that high knockout ratio earlier in his career. So, yeah, it looked like it was going to be a Quillen night. He looked to be, you know, a class above true acts just in those first three rounds. You started to feel that way. So I'm excited to see Quillen get back in the mix. That's just another good fighter to, you know, put in the mix and be a guy who can get some potential knockouts because, you know, he looked explosive. So 
good thing, good signs. Yeah, he really did, man. He really did. I was surprised to see it. But that that's a good sign showing that he's still got that hunger, determination, that dog, all that good stuff still left in him. So hopefully we can get a, a rematch uh, sooner than we'll probably would be later uh, if things had gotten any worse. But, you know, man, uh, Will, if he could hit the Adrian Broner, fuck all that, fuck all that, because we got some shit to get to involving one of Willis' guys. Because Jaime Munguia, a guy who just got taken out of Willis' top five replaced by a woman. <laughs> Yo. Okay. Okay. JP, I got you, man. Don't worry about it. Okay, Willis. JP is going to have to take a take a uh, an early exit, so that leaves me and you, the gruesome twosome. We get to the nitty-gritty in this one. It's Jaime Munguia, your guy, had a fight in Mexico with the good man Dennis Hurricane Hogan. Said that he went there in good faith. And you know what? I'm just going to play the post-fight footage or post-fight interview real quick of what Dennis Hogan thought, given that he had lost a unanimous decision in which I'll break down, Willa will break down about how we felt about what had happened and what had transpired on the zone where Dennis Hogan had quoted saying, this is bad for boxing. So I'm going to play that clip real quick before we break down what went down yesterday country of Mexico. Check it out. Dennis Hogan, Dennis, you worked hard to get this opportunity. You fought hard for 12 rounds. Did you believe at the end that you had clearly won the fight? Just one thing I knew. All I knew was my heart. So, so disappointed to train as hard as I did for this to happen. You know, we came here in good faith. No disrespect to anybody here, but apart from the people who stole and, and, and allowed this decision to go through. Everybody knows. This is bad for boxing. Bad for me. They'll turn down for a forever promotion offer that's a rematch and steps straight away. No questions asked. You came into this fight, you and your trainer, Glenn, you said, I mean, Mungia is not a monster. You had great movement throughout the fight. What was the game plan against Mungia? Well, you seen the game plan. It was to keep moving, keep doing what we did, nullify him and land more shots. Every time we went back, I knew what was doing that. His power didn't save me at all because I'm moving. I'm rolling with the punches. I'm doing what I'm doing. He's a, he's, a, he's a great fighter, but I knew it in his eyes. He knew he was losing. He, I, I, in, 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 in times, he was acting desperate. And, uh, and I was just boxing. And sometimes I mixed it with him because I felt so confident. And uh, you seen the way I was, too. I wasn't even that worried that much. No disrespect, but I just knew that I could take the shots. I could run. I was running more than him. Get comfy box. To, to properly counter the, the punches. You'll see that I was well winning that fight. I was so comfortable there. We knew we were winning that. Do you believe that you can get a rematch with Hogan? Sanford already offered us one in the corner straight away. So they know, obviously. Everybody knows. Everyone that's been knows. Um, and I'm not one to play. I'll get back again, and I'll come back and I'll win the title. No, I won't come back and do it on this ground. I'll win the title. I'll set my family up. They've just tried to take my family's future away. And I'll fucking play hard to get it back again. Terrific performance. We appreciate it. Thank you. Todd? Well-spoken. Had some gripes, but still kept it professional. The Hurricane Dennis Hogan, the Irish Australian. I'm a big fan of this guy now. I woke up this morning, walking around, getting my coffee, and I had to see this fight. 
and I'm going to be objective as always, Willa. Jaime Munguia had the re- reaction when he was trying to move and evade punches similar to a sloth. It was a, not a good performance by the guy. He, was, he would throw a couple punches, and, and Dennis would counter with the overhand right, and Munguia would just look silly with the late reaction time trying to get away, get tagged up. This is a middleweight competing at super welterweight. He's got that bully in him. He's got that extra LB, that extra strength against a lot of these guys. But Dennis Hogan, in my opinion, got robbed. I think he won the fight by two rounds, maybe even three. Depends on how the scoring was. But the fight was over in the wet, red, white, and green in Mexico. As Dennis Hogan said, we came here in good faith and no disrespect to anybody other than the judges that were scoring. And for him to use to lose unanimously, this is bad for boxing. Jaime Munguia should be getting better. He should be starching guys the way he did Saddam Ali, which was one of my favorite fights to this day. But Jaime Munguia did not look good. A lot of controversy involving this unanimous decision victory given to him. And not to take anything away, Jaime Munguia did have him backed up at certain points in time. But as you mentioned, that was part of the game plan, getting on the back foot, moving, bobbing and weaving, and doing all that good stuff. It was it was a, a performance where you have to go in a fight like that against a guy like Jaime Munguia, given the fact that you've seen what kind of power this guy has. But it, it's hard to say because you, you, you don't want to critique too much and take away from what these guys work for. But if I'm wanting to talk to Jaime Munguia after that fight, I'm going to tell him straight like this. Now, Craig, you know what your problem is. You have no game. Jaime <laughs> Munguia, you got no game. Well, I'm curious to hear you defend this man, a resident of Willowville, because I'm not a fan, nor am I a hater. I'm just speaking with a lot of objectivity of what I thought about this fight. And in my opinion, Dennis Hogan got robbed. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me something that was kind of changed my view of this fight because right now I'm looking at it the same way Hogan is. This is bad for boxing. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't know if it's bad for boxing, but I think this was a poor decision made by the judges. Uh, it was a majority because one of them had it tied, right? I think, uh, so I think it was a majority decision. Um, one of the guys had it tied. I had it a draw. I think we, I think Jaime Munguia had it a draw. Uh, but there was five, there were rounds where, you know, Hogan was hitting Munguia. But if you look at Munguia got hit a lot. He got hit a whole bunch. And, and, and on Wednesday I said that's something that yeah. he has to, you know, he has to, he's got to work on it. He was getting hit. He got outboxed thoroughly. But, you know, you look at his face after probably taking 100 shots to the face, he was, he still looked like he can go to the club. There was no wear and tear on his face. It might not even been that red. So, so there was a couple of rounds where he was getting the bigger shots, but he was getting hit more. So it, should, it was – if anybody, if I was gonna, ha- if I had to give the fight to anybody, it would have been Logan. I mean Hogan. He just outboxed him. He moves real good, and he, uh, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. 
that he did the only thing he could do because he had he don't have any knockouts. So you know he went out there on good faith, like you said, and he put up a young man. That's all that was. Mungia, his strength is not there yet. He can bully, he bullied my man Ali, the world kid. You know, disrespected him, got set up by De La Hoya, but that's neither here nor there now. But you know he's out here trying to fight. He's 22 years old. I'm not going to take that much away from this because, you know, he's 22 years old. He went against a grown man that came in there to fight that wasn't going to get bullied around. You know, I think that's what, when you're a man, when you're a grown man, sometimes you just can't get bullied around. Like, I think we didn't talk about it, but one of my, another up and coming fighter, I don't, he's not one of my favorites, but the guy from Michigan, the uh, white looking dude, he came out, um, man, what's his name? Damn, I forgot his name now. He he had a fight. He was um on the the card, the fight before the True Acts. Did you see that RC for the True Acts and uh? No, no, I went straight to the zone with the main event, man. I I, I did I did not get to see any of the undercards on there, bro. Okay, okay, yeah, I think that's what. Uh, yeah, he, he it's a guy like that. He he came out and he fought a guy that wasn't going to just get bullied by a little, uh, by a young 18 year old. And he, he beat him up, but he didn't get to walk through him like that. So that's what Jaime Mangia, he should, you know, he got it. He got his, uh, he got his gifts. I think they call it uh Relejo. I forgot. I had it, had it written down in Spanish, the Spanish word for gifts. Yeah, he, he got, got his gift. Yeah. He, he got his gift. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Is it good for – is it bad for boxing? No, because nobody gives a shit about Hogan being the champion, you know? Oh. So, Munguia is a better champion. <laughs> Munguia has Mexico around him. That's better for boxing. It's better for boxing for Munguia to be champion, you know. But, Hogan, I feel if they want – if I'm Munguia, I take the rematch. Munguia can work on a few things. Um, but he did look slow. He looked like it looked like almost like Christina Hammer versus uh, versus Shields. The way the longer guy was very slow, getting counter, getting out, uh, you know, out out first. I guess is how you would say it. So, but it was a good fight. Um, Hogan surprised everybody. I thought it was going to be easy work. It wasn't easy work. In fact, he might have pulled it off, but he didn't. Now he said he was offered the immediate rematch. We'll see. I doubt it, but we'll see. Oh, you're gonna you, you're gonna tell Jaime Munguia if you're in, if you're his Oscar Dolores. We don't need to run that back. You kick that guy's ass. Let's, let's fight somebody else. <laughs> yeah, no, I say, hey man, they almost got us to get. We need to get back, and we need to get back to working hard. That's what I was saying. <laughs> they almost got us. Well, yeah, at least you're yeah, he's. he's <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, but he's 22, man. You know, fighting grown men at 22, that's still – you're not there yet, no matter how – and he wasn't that much bigger than this dude. You know, Ali is a smaller – was a smaller was a smaller guy. You know, he's fighting a guy that's almost his size, yeah. damn near. So, he, he couldn't bully him around. You know, he tried to, but he just couldn't hurt him, and he wasn't going to stand there for it to, to get bullied. So, good fight by Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, being honest. I don't like Jaime Munguia. I wanted to see him lose in front of his home country. I wanted them all to go home and wipe their tears and, and, and have their tears go in the bucket that has the same 
Kiko de Gallo at the bottom of. I wanted to see him lose, and I think he did lose. And he got screwed, and, and Hogan got screwed over. You think people don't care about him being a fighter, being a champion? I don't know, man. For some reason, the United States of this here America has an infatuation with Irish champions ever since Conor McGregor. But Kinky won the fight. Um, shit, as we've seen last week on WrestleMania with Becky Lynch, another Irish woman holding two belts. The Irish, for some reason, the, the American people have an infatuation with, a, with an Irish champion. So I don't know. There might be dollar signs to be made there. Talked about they took money away from his family. And, you know, I, I can't knock the guy. I can't knock the guy. It is what it is. Um, I, feel bad for, I feel bad for the guy. But that's just the unfortunate circumstances of boxing when it comes down to it. Uh, so I hope they can get a rematch. But with Eddie Hearn and De La Hoya behind the curtain, I know they're looking at each other like, that was a close one. We got this young guy who, who everybody's afraid of with knockout power who just really kind of got away with one right there. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, I don't, I, I'm probably going to move forward with somebody else. But I'll tell you what right now, the, all this did was solidify what I thought would happen in the first place, regardless of what would happen if Jaime Munguia got in the ring with Jared Hurd, Jared Odell Beckham Hurd, who says that he's been on quote, not worried whatsoever about Jaime Munguia and kind of laughs at the fact that this kid would want to challenge me for my belt belts that I got. I think Jared Swift heard was going to whoop his ass before I seen this performance. And now I'm planting the flag inside the wet cement and watching it dry. So it's not going anywhere that Jared heard would definitely school Jaime Mongia and might even stop him. I, I really doubt that they move forward with that moving forward because they, after that win that he got, that's the one and two. I'm in is right behind Jared Hurd now in the super welterweight division at 154. Do you think that that fight would be coming forward, or you want to? You think they want to build up this this young guy a little more? Maybe get him in there with another guy he could put on his back, or somebody else he could give a 10 second tan to before you get in there with the likes of Jared Hurd. Because Jared Hurd, he ain't slowing down. I mean, he ain't he ain't moving forward heavy. Because, like we say about Jared Hurd, there's no special effects. He's just going to put them paws on you, plant his feet, and you're going to have to deal with it. So, I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if they go straight for Jared Hurd next. Do you think that's the move that they make, Willis? Yeah, now, when it comes to the uh, Jared Hurd versus Munguia fight, man, I think I think that's that's a better fight for Munguia. Do I think he can win? No, because he got outboxed last night. It was a boxing clinic, right? So we know Jared Hurd ain't doing no boxing. We can see by Munguia's face that he's not, even though he got popped a few good times, he was never really hurt, and I don't think he's getting hurt by these guys. I don't think Jared Hurd will hurt him. He did say he was getting tired, so he might slow down. But, uh, you know, I think that's a way better fight for him. I think he does better against Hurd than he did against Hogan. But with that said, I'm still not taking that fight. Jared Hurd is a grown man, and you know I'm not I'm not making that fight. He's only 22 years old. He, they lucked up and got that belt. Now 
the real, the real. If I was De La Hoya, I hold it hostage for at least another three years till I'm 25, till at least 25, 26. <laughs> I'm not fighting the best of the best. I'm just holding it hostage. <laughs> you are a businessman. You are a businessman to the fullest, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I'm surprised you said Jared Hurd is a grown man because you know, given the fact he still lives at home with his mommy and daddy and stuff like that, I thought maybe you throw a little comedic cheap shot in there. No, no, no. I mean, he's still, he's still, I'm not going to disrespect the strength and what he shows out there, you know what I'm saying, on the boxing thing. You know, he does sing R&B very badly and lives with his parents. He is a weird dude. He might even be a whack dude, but he's a whack grown-ass man with, with a lot of belts. <laughs> you, always, you always bring up that R&B singing that he does. That shit's funny. No, nah, but, man, hey, I mean, it's crazy, man. It's crazy to think what's going next for Ryan on because we're talking about him uh, – a year ago or two years from now, we're looking at, man, this kid's got power. He's young. He throws power in every shot. But, yeah, like you said, he didn't have any lumps on him. He wasn't uh, battered and things like that. Just because Hogan didn't have that power to him, he just kind of went on a point system that I thought should have worked. But, uh, you know, it ain't boxing without a little bit of controversy, as I always say this. Um, Now, that was all for the fights that we had this week. And uh, I was ready to get out of here until I seen one of these posts that I had sent Willie in our group message right now involving Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. Now, Willie, I sent you this this photographic screenshot that I had. And if you would, sir, like to take the reins on this one and read what was said by Earl Spence about Terrence Crawford, because this one's in the crockpot and the heat level might be on high instead of medium, as we previously thought. So, yeah, the headline reads, Spence, Spence the Cropper, scared of no nigger from Nebraska. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, 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 that speaks volumes of, of everything involved in it, but it, it reminds me a little bit of Seattle Simon and, and, and the, the sayings that we used to have at OTG about no brother from Alabama would turn down this sort of contract or no somebody from here or there wouldn't do. These are some big words by Earl Spence, man. Uh, I want to look further into this and see what time of the day it was said because if it was something said at the later portion of the night, well, Earl Spence might have been, you know, might have been enjoying the fruits of his labor involved in a plastic cup or a red cup. I don't know. But, man, I've been so – spoken about how I don't think this fight's happening until another year from now or so, but you know, with Bob Aram talking, like, do we got to call you? Because as soon as Crawford takes care of Khan, that's what they want to do next. I mean, business is picking up, man, and if it's if able to go down, business will be booming, as number 84 in Oakland would like to say. Well, is this, is this shit talking right here Make you believe more so than less that this fight might be actually coming next later this year. Yeah, what it does let what it lets me know is that Spence is feeling that pressure. You know, he calls himself the boogeyman. Yep. He does all this stuff, even though we've seen the fact that Crawford's got in his face and said he wants to fight. You know, Spence always yep. Spence is the guy with the excuse all the time. We can't do this different. Blah blah blah. It's easier for this. It's easier for that. I need to do this. He's the guy with all the excuses. Now, they might be valid excuses, 
yeah. valid reasons on why the fight shouldn't be made. But then to everybody, it doesn't matter their excuses, right? So Jaime Munguia, when he if he takes the plan that I that I said he's going to take, he's going to have to make a lot of excuses. So and it doesn't matter. So Spence is out here. He's feeling the pressure, and I think Spence is a real dude. Uh, I think that he – I know he's not scared of Crawford, and I think he's probably thinking it's, it, it might be time to make this fight. We we know that the fights can be made. And like I think uh, Syme always says, you know, the promoter works for the boxer, not vice versa, right? They promote their boxer. So if the, if the yeah. boxer says he wants to do something – I mean the manager. The manager works for the boxer. So if the, if the boxer tells the manager, hey, this is what I want to do, it could be – make this fight, it could be made. Any, any way, anyhow, we know that. So, see the names together more and more, you know, like we're seeing Pacquiao and Floyd, for some reason, these their names are being put together, they're getting seen together. We're, see, we're hearing a lot about Spence and Crawford. They're talking a lot of shit about each other. They're, you know, they're, they're being seen. So, I think this could happen pretty soon. Uh, this year, maybe at the end of this year, that would be great. I'll, I'll definitely be in the building. And, you know, not being scared of a nigga oh, yeah. from Nebraska is probably something that, you know, most Texans got Texas guys feel. You know, we're not going to be scared of no nigga from really? Nebraska. You know, yeah, it just is what it is. So, you know, that's why I think Cameron, uh, Cameron he went out to Nebraska, right? Because he, no, he was in Ohio. He was in Ohio, not uh-huh. Nebraska. But, you know, it's about the same thing. Those Middle East guys, I mean, uh, not Middle East, those Mid-America guys, ain't nobody scared of them, so. Yeah, but that's good. I like to hear really? it. I like to see that because that means the pressure is there. Pressure is on, and when the pressure is on, it means the fight can and probably will happen. Yeah, I like that point that you made about him feeling the pressure because, yeah, Crawford has been, you know, very outspoken on social media and in, in person with him too, you know, when he's grabbing on him, calling him fat, this and that. And, and yeah, Crawford – he just seems like one of those weird dudes, but a dangerous weird guy, you know, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how Crawford responds to – I'm pretty sure he heard about that quote as soon as it came out, and you know he's going to have something to say about it because he, he, he does have that Kevin Durant syndrome in him where he might have a burner account or he might he might say things a little outlandishly, but he definitely keeps a pulse on what everybody's talking about. And he's always talking about what everybody has to say about him, going at Mikey Garcia, bringing up the Olympics and things like that, uh, going at Adrian Bronner, calling him a groupie. Um, he's always got something to say to somebody saying something. So that'll be interesting to see what he has to come on forward or uh, or uh, something to come back to with that quote right there because I imagine that's not going to sit well with Terrence Crawford. But anyways, I think that's all we got for today, folks. JP had to head out and and with family deal and stuff like that. So hopefully he has a good Sunday. Always good to hear from my man. Hey, R.C., uh, we do got a caller on. We do got a caller before we get out. Okay. Let's, we let's got take a, it to him and see what... Let's take to uh, 707. Outside of oh, Boston shit, what's Podcast up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? It's Juan Carlos. Juan Carlos, oh, what's poppin', man? It was happening. Yeah, man. <laughs> Man, it's been a while, man. Just trying to catch up, seeing you guys go live, trying to see what y'all was talking about. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a long while, bro. We're just covering, I mean, it's a busy-ass week in boxing. I don't know what fight 
was was uh was one that you paid attention to the most this week. We had that Clarissa Shields fight happen. Uh we have Vasil Lomachenko putting some easy work in, uh Caleb Truax, Peter Quillen, Jaime Mongia, Dennis Hogan, all that good stuff, man. Uh what was your most uh impressed takeaway from some of these fights this weekend? I think the biggest fight this weekend was Clarissa, man. That was uh she was like unifying. So that was a big one. She was impressive because I like how she talks oh, yeah. shit too. That that quote talk, man. That should be giving me hype. And I think I think they need fucking female boxing needs more of that shit. So that was cool. And then I watched the Lomachenko fight. I was hoping to see something different. The big thing I seen, I was like talking hella shit on the group. Was uh, yeah, dude got cut. And him getting cut on that fight, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a real good uh, real good look for him getting cut like that especially off a dude that he should be able to take care of easily, which he did. But at the end of the day, him getting cut like that, I think I think it sets up because he tries to talk so much. I think it sets up Mikey real nice. So that's the one I'm looking forward to after this weekend is seeing Mikey, uh, Mikey Lomachenko. And then Clarissa was trying to uh, – she was going to go up and wait to fight the other unified champion. So all in all, it was a pretty good weekend, weekend in no, boxing. She was gonna, pretty yeah, she was going to go down. Oh, oh, gonna gonna meet, go down? That other, yeah, the other lady is a welterweight, so she was going to meet her at 154. Oh, okay. So the other lady okay. go up and she goes down one. Yeah, I was looking forward to that one. That, that was going to be a good one. I don't know if she can make the weight, how she's going to look, though, because uh, she's a pretty big girl. Yeah, she is, man. And and I know how you said that uh, Mikey Garcia – and uh, Lomachenko possibly like that. What do you? Because I'm I'm hype on Tiafimo Lopez, bro. What do you think about Tiafimo getting in there with Vasil Lomachenko right now? Too early? Yeah, I think definitely it's way too early for Tio, man. Tio's looking real fucking good though. Uh, I like his skill. I like his bravado. He's hella Mexican too, so I enjoy that. But what's the call? Yeah, I, I think I think it might be too early because I think I think he has a good shot. But he shouldn't he shouldn't push it too quick, you know what I'm saying? We've seen a lot of fighters recently go on like a, a astronomical pace. You know, they've just been pushed through and pushed through. And uh, I think that might be a trap that he could fall into is just thinking that he can just, hey, I'm good. I can go in there with the champ you know, without getting the rounds in and without doing it the long way, the hard way, you know? So that's my – I think Theo would look nice, but it's just – just time. I think he just needs a little bit of time, and I think he'll be good. Yeah, man. I saw this. Uh, over him, bro. I saw the interview with his dad um, watching the Lomachenko fight. This, the, his dad is one of the saltiest individuals of all time. You see, you like see, <laughs> you can see in his face like he was like, oh, you know, that was nothing. You know, like he's a yeah. He don't. He loves his son, which is good. He. And, but he he was salty about that win. He's like, oh yeah, they're ready. I don't think he's ready for Lomachenko. He's still not a grown man yet. Lomachenko is, but I think he'll be better. He could he could probably be better than Lomachenko is now, if that makes any sense. So he has a good future, but he needs to just chill for now. Yeah, definitely agree with that. His dude, his dad's off the hook. I saw I saw him on Twitter. He was he was uh. He was hitting up uh, reporters, like a reporter hit him up to ask him about, like, you know, what he thought about the fight. And then uh, he was salty because they weren't covering his son. He's like, why y'all talking about anybody that isn't my son? 
So I enjoyed that. It'll be better than that fucking uh, the other Puerto Rican dude's fucking dad in the corner slapping his son and stuff. So uh, I'll enjoy him better. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I feel you on that little cheap shot, but I'm with you on this one though, because I'm a, I'm big on Tiafimo Lopez, bro. That's my that's where I hitch my wagon to. That's probably my favorite favorite fighter in the game right now. And I mean, I don't know okay. if it's too early for this fight. I don't know if it's too early, man, because Lomachenko, to me, he ain't been too impressive with at 135. And Tiafimo Lopez, that kid got a special set of skills, man. Reflexes, speed, power. I mean. There's a lot of money written on this kid, bro. He, he's got a lot, man. He's got a lot riding on the table. So, sure, maybe they could take a couple uh, tune-ups or two before he gets in there. But I, I just think that um, Lomachenko, it might, be, it might be you want to get him now to get that full credit, man, because when Linares had dropped him, I think, man, you know, kind of the, the, the train started going off the track and people started getting nervous. But I don't want it to be a point in time where – because he's 31 right now. And if Tiafimo gets him when he's 32 and puts or 33 and puts him out, that oh well, you know the Matrix is old, bro. He had all these amateur fights, and you know he's 33 years old. I think they're gonna definitely shortchange the kid if he gets in there with him, uh, say a year or two from now. I don't know, man. It, it, I think it's I think it's time to get that little guy to get that little guy out of there right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think uh, that's good because I don't think he'll be discredited. The big thing is. Uh, if Loma fights Mikey, which he should, unless he runs from 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 that cowboy hat, and then uh, that'll be the big <laughs> thing to see if he fights him. So if he fights Mikey and whatever the outcome of that is, and then he goes, and then you know by that time he won't be too old, he'll be uh, old enough, and he'll still get enough credit if Tio fights him. He always talks about wanting to fight the best and want to make the biggest fights because he didn't have that much time because he joined the pros late, so. I think that'll be a good uh, pass for him. It's a hard pass, and even though I don't really like him that much, it'll be much respected if he goes on that route. If two out of the next three fights he'll fight, or two out of the four next fights, he fights Mikey, then he fights Theo. I mean, if I was his promoter, that's what I'd be pushing because those are big fights, man. Lomo's fighting on Friday, and nobody cares. You wouldn't sell any tickets. That's, that's yeah, the biggest thing I took away from that. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest fight I took away. Like everybody, yeah, you know, they weren't. I got a couple of friends. They weren't selling tickets because they were calling me mm-hmm. the uh, Staples Center, which I guess owns the Staples Center owns wherever they were last night. I think they're the same guy owns them. So they were calling me like every like Tuesday and and Thursday for me to buy buy tickets to Lomachenko and Danny Garcia. So Danny Garcia ain't selling no tickets either. They're pushing hard, like for real, for real. They're hitting me every two days. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that was like, aside from his performance, that was a big takeaway because all these uh, Matrix fanboys and this and that, I like, like, where were they at? And, like, they like to talk how awesome he is, but at the end of the day, we didn't see, we didn't see the turndown, especially it's like telling this dude's supposed to be pound for pound, but he's fighting on a Friday, man? Like, what's that about? If, if Lomachenko is the number two draw on a weekend to Clarissa Shields, I think that kind of that kind of throws up red flags, to, and it means Loma needs to fight somebody like Mikey, and then he needs he needs some bigger names, and he needs uh he needs to start talking more shit, really, because he needs to promote his fights. That's that's my big takeaway. 
Yeah, man, that's that's always going to come apart to it. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm big on Tia Fimo because he talks that shit and he can speak Spanish at the same time. Like, man, he's got some money written on him, but this Lomachenko, I guess they call me Lomachenko. That shit don't go far, bro. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> no one cares about that, bro. ESPN Plus is cool and all, but they ain't doing no numbers over there like that, man, especially with Lomachenko finding a guy that nobody's worried about. Like, that does nothing, man. That does nothing. But uh, you, you mentioned the cowboy hat earlier. And that goes without saying, the man, that we're speaking of. Um, I know you didn't really get the comment about what had happened with him and Earl Spence, which really came to no surprise. But um, you think that, because Lomachenko brought his name up, you think Lomachenko was kind of feeling that, oh, maybe this, you know, maybe he's a wounded animal right now. Maybe his confidence might be down. He's having an exhibition match uh, in Stockton, or I can't remember exactly where it's at, but against Eric Morales in a four round exhibition, uh, a la Mayweather and Tenzin Asakawa style. Uh, you think that Lomachenko's feeling himself a little much after this stoppage and then looking at how Mikey came off his last performance, like maybe maybe it's the right time to get the cowboy hat in the ring and, and catch him while he's down. I think I think that goal, because any time boxer is undefeated after he loses, uh, it's a weird thing in boxing. Everybody's like, oh, man, he's beatable. We got the blueprint, this and that. And they don't realize that, you know, Mikey fought a much bigger guy. He went up. And then Mikey will be the bigger guy in the ring if he fights Loma. So I think oh, it's yeah. a combination of, all, of you know, hey, I saw this guy lose. And then the next part is like, hey, I, I really need to promote my fights and nobody cares about me fighting. So that's like the big thing. So I think it's a win-win for both of them, especially Mikey coming off a loss. It'll look good for him and, uh, him and Loma to get in there and mix it up because uh, both of them, honestly need a pickup and that's one of the biggest fights we can see i think and uh aside from the one you guys were talking about with spence and tc but yeah i I think it works it makes sense for both of them and uh loma i I don't think he wins that fight honestly because mikey mikey got skills he just doesn't have the size so against against loma he will have them hey did uh did, did uh, Zordo fight this weekend? Yeah, yeah, Zordo got that black hat in the mix. Yeah, he fought like on the yeah, and he uh, he says he's going up now, right? He's giving up that belt. Why, yeah, why? Think that. Why is why does nobody care about Zordo? Neither that guy should be <laughs> he should be, should be a bigger name <laughs> because he I don't because he I don't just went like I'm a Zordo guy. fan. I didn't even realize he was fighting. I saw, like, he, they don't do a good job. I saw his name. I saw Ramirez on the thing, but I didn't put it together because I was like, okay, you know, I'm a fan, and he hasn't been looking too good his last couple of fights. I don't – I can't remember. I sort of remember vaguely seeing it. Was it Friday? Did he fight before Lomachenko? Yeah, yeah. Like, he was on the when did he fight? fight? He was on the undercard. Yeah, so, yeah, he was he was undercard before Lomachenko. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where it was. So I vaguely yeah. remember that for some reason, and him not – people saying, oh, he, he wasn't looking too good. But I didn't get to see it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, Zerto, I, the I thing is, yeah, he was um, he was too, uh, he was cutting too much weight. He was having trouble with the weight because he's a tall dude. So, uh, what's his name? Oh God. Um, yeah, Zerto was looking better, and that's the problem that Zerto he was looking good, but he didn't have the power, and him moving up in weight that was a big uh, that was a big question that they had that if he moved up in weight, what's he gonna look like and this and that. So I think I think he's looking good. I think he fought what one seventy five now. He's light heavy. 
which is what he actually should belong because the dude's pretty tall. So that'll be the big. Yeah, uh, big yeah. And, and that's the thing. He was cutting too much weight. He was too skinny. So hopefully now, because he walked into the ring at like 190, 193. So that just tells you Oof. that the dude was killing himself. Jeez. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely killing himself. And, I, and you know, bringing up the name Ramirez, well, it, it, it just reminded me of what I had seen in an interview two days ago involving TFM Lopez taking it back to that kid. Um, reason being, why well, I say he's got to get Lomachenko as soon as possible because after his last performance that he had, he said, after this year, I'm moving up. It's over. I'm moving up after this year. So if if it's not going to happen this year, it's never going to happen with Tiafimo and Loma. And uh, they were talking about well, – I can't remember exactly which reporter it was, but they were asking Tiafimo Lopez if he's willing to move up sooner than later and get in the ring with my boy Jose Ramirez. And he's like, yeah, I'm definitely willing to do that, but I'm not going to kill myself right now. So, I mean – or take that extra extra unnecessary step. I mean, fan friendly type of a style. That'd be a hell of a fight if if Tio moved up and got in there with Jose Ramirez because we know how Jose Ramirez fights with that reckless abandonment at times. But he still got that pop to him, and he, he can take he can take a pretty damn good punch. But it'd be interesting to see moving forward. But man, I I totally forgot about how Tio Fimo said that after this year he's moving up. It's over for one thirty five. Yeah, he definitely said he wasn't going to wait for Lomachenko. Um, I think that was after his fight that uh, I was able to to uh, check out in Dallas. Uh, was that? Was that? Oh yeah, that's the one you were at, right? Yeah, yeah, I was there. I don't know if he was fighting that. Yeah, I think I don't. I can't even remember. You know, my memory's bad. But yeah, I remember at that time in Dallas uh, in Fresno is when he said that. Uh, you know, he was going to. He wasn't waiting. He wants that fight, but he ain't waiting. So, I mean, I don't feel him. I feel him. He doesn't need – a guy like him doesn't need Lomachenko right now. He's a young dude. He's on the come up. Lomachenko needs him. Even Tank Davis. Tank Davis doesn't lead Lomachenko right now. These are young guys on the fighting – well, Tiafimo. No, nah, Tiafimo probably ain't fighting on Friday nights no more. He's probably never going to fight on Friday night again. But Lomachenko is. Why? Because he doesn't talk. And, you know, and his fans, they talk a lot of shit, but they don't support him like they should. So, we'll see. I'm a Tiafimo Lopez fan for sure, 100%. I think he's he's one of the up-and-coming guys. He's the real deal, uh, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But so is this guy from Michigan. This guy from Michigan is a big-ass white boy. I'm trying to find his name, man. Let me find his name real quick because he, he looks like he's going to be the real deal too, and we've seen him fight before. Uh, a white guy, huh? Yeah, he's like a white dude from Michigan knocking boys out. He looks sort of like – he sort of looks like Canelo. He has that Canelo look. Man, what's his name, man? I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know. If you can find it out, I mean, I I, I I went to – I was on social media looking at the weigh-in and stuff like that from Lomachenko and how we're talking about how he doesn't talk and his fans are kind of strange. I mean, this guy shows up to, 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 to weigh in wearing some Homer Simpson – Whitey like yo, bro, that shit's legit, man. I know his fans. I know his fans got a stiffy off that one because I mean, I was like, bro, I would just put some, put some, put some trunks on, man. <laughs> you ain't gotta be out here like a little ten year old boy weighing in. That shit was corny as fuck to me, but man, for real, this, 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 this nonsense. Spencer, Joey Spencer. 
Joey. Oh, it's okay. I remember who you're talking about now. That yeah, kid. we've seen him fight before. Hey, that kid. The second time. Hey, yeah, he's he looks like he's going to be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I think that he was the prospect really of the year yeah. last year. Yeah, he looks yeah, like he he's going to really be good, good too. But but he fought a guy that wasn't – he fought a guy that was, like, down the street in the country, like Rosenberg, Texas, and Charlo was doing it. Charlo's like, I fight in Houston. I've never heard of this guy before. And Rosenberg's like 10 minutes outside – uh, 10 miles outside of Houston. So yeah. this, he fought a guy we never heard, but he was a grown man, and he wasn't – and it may look like he was trying to get rounds. He didn't look that great in his last fight, but I still think he's going to be – Joey Spencer is probably going to be the if, truth. I don't know if that was his last fight or not, but that's when he had fought that mixed martial artist who uh, – a guy from the MMA who just looked crazy sloppy in there, and he beat the shit out of him in like two rounds, I think. I, know, I, I forgot about that Joey Spencer kid. I fought him on the ground. That kid – you always see Floyd Mayweather showing up to his events like if he's trying to recruit or something like that. But that kid, he's got that same Tiafimo type of talent. Not on that level of Tiafimo, but he got that same kind of reflex speed and power type of deal right there. That kid looks like he's real good. Definitely. No. Yeah, definitely. No, but, man, I mean, uh, 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 Juan Carlos, what do you think about – I mean, it, it seems like uh, – uh, Tio ain't waiting on nobody. He ain't waiting on no Loma. Next year it's moving up. So the overrun on that fight probably happening is looking lower rather than high as a possibility of going down with Lomachenko and Tiafimo. I mean, uh, how do you see Tiafimo moving up at, at, at 140? Well, I, th- I think it's good for him, and he, he's playing it right because at the end of the day, like, Loma's not doing it right now. He's a great boxer. He's skilled and all. But, like, fighting, especially, like, prize fighting, like, you got you to gotta be somewhere. You got to be an attraction. You got to be somewhere. And I think all the little, um, all the shine and all the luster that Loma had and all the fanboys were like, oh, man, this guy's great. I think that was in part by, like, the UFC guys pumping him up and, like, oh, the Matrix is great and this and that. And, oh, my God, look at his workouts. So that. It's wearing down, and especially with Loma's age, I think that'll be that'll put pressure on them, and it might turn out into uh, a chocolatito, uh, like one of those situations where he just moves up too much in weight and he starts fighting big boys, looking for that payday, looking for that notoriety, and it comes out bad. So we'll see. I think it's a good move for him because he shouldn't have to wait for Loma. Loma's not. Loma's not. He's not who he should be right now in his career, and he's getting older. So what we, it might turn into is Loma taking chances because his age, he's getting older in age, and because of his popularity. So that might be one of those things. And at the end of the day, I think it will be better because instead of waiting, they could meet at a bigger weight, and it, it would be, uh, you know, with Teal's less experience and – uh, Loma fighting at a at a bigger weight, at a higher weight, I think that would make things a lot more interesting. So I think it's the right move by Tio, and I, hopefully that fight gets made, and it gets made at 140 at a higher weight, because that would be something very interesting if Loma is forced, you know, by his uh, his wallet, his recognition to move up, because people are always going to recognize Loma as a great fighter because of his skill set and what he's done so far. So if he has to move up and wait and fight guys 
where he doesn't feel that comfortable, I think it. Um, I think for the fight fans, it's better. I mean, we get a lot more action. He gets into bigger, big name fight, and I, I think it works out well. But the big thing is, is is Loma going to be able to risk it? You know, because he feels comfortable where he's at now. So is he able to risk going up and fighting? You know, guys at naturally bigger weight and going for those bigger fights. And the sad thing is we see a lot of fighters do that because when they get older in age and then they don't get paid as much as they should, they're looking for that payday because of all their hard work. So they want that hard work to pay off, but it it becomes it becomes a bigger story. So at the end of the day, I think T.O.'s playing it right, and I think it's all on Loma right now if he wants to keep fighting on Fridays or if he wants to be – you know, a main event, top of the card, you know, fighter fighting for the big prizes and fighting in front of a large crowd. So that's what I think. I, I think it'll be good, and I think it'll be a it'll be a big event. And hopefully, these fighters make the right moves. So that's what I'm looking forward to to seeing how this how these two weight classes roll out and these big names continue from here on out because it's it's it, it's setting up to be a, a really good year in boxing so far. So hopefully it gets made. And, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, man. I mean, Lomachenko, this ain't no uh, – this ain't something new of him fighting on Fridays. I mean, we talked about two years ago when he first got on with the the uh, ESPN deal and, and uh, having Joe Testor and those guys cover his fight. This is two years ago. I remember because I was I was in Redondo Beach at the time. And it was Friday, and I was trying to fight, and there was tennis that was uh, overlapping <laughs> the fights that were coming on. It was like, this is two years ago that he's been fighting on Fridays, and he just fought on Friday this week. Like, not much has changed. I'm sure that he's getting probably about maybe $2 million a fight or something like that, so uh, decent money by Bob Aaron. But same time, nobody gives a shit when you're fighting on Friday nights, man. That's not fight night. That's not fight night royalty, man. That's that's just not. So I mean, this guy's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, luster and 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 clout to catch that he just hasn't got. And the guy's thirty one years old already. It's gonna come a point in time where he's got to step up and make something happen. But um, shit, man, uh, I, I think we've covered it all today, folks. Got to get ready to go handle some some business going on here. And uh, all that good stuff. Ron Carlos, what you got going on for the rest of your day, man? What's, what, what's going on with you on this Sunday? Oh, man, today's my girl's birthday. You know, over here doing homework. She's trying to finish up, her, finish up you know, some of her homework. Then we're trying to yeah, spoil my girl. So i got to see what she wants to do. Probably take her out. There you go. Somewhere nice. Get all dressed up and whatnot. So we'll see. Not much going on. Lazy Sunday, though. There you go, man. Hey, might as well check out if there's a Danny Garcia apparel store in your nearby area where you could floss up with some DSG drip, huh? <laughs> I think I saw. I think I saw. I think I saw some of that at the at the Goodwill, actually. Flea <laughs> <laughs> uh, market. Hey, man. Every, everybody got jokes on a Sunday. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, with Juan Carlos, man, you got to rock with us when we come on here. We'll be on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and we start over here normally around 12 o'clock uh, Central or uh, Pacific time, 2 o'clock around your guys' neck of the woods. But I'm well at uh, what you got going on, man. I'm over here to get ready to head out and, 
and see some friends and have some lunch and things like that because I'm hungry and the motherfucker, I ain't ate nothing all day, bro. Oh, yeah, right now I'm seasoning the meat. No homo. Got to put some chicken on the grill. You know, um, shout out to my boy, our boy Juan Carlos for checking in. Always good to hear him, man. Salute to my boy. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's playoff time. I got my runners one shirt on right now. Um, looking at my runners one uh, cup, I was thinking, I was thinking mm. about hitting the game. I really was. The tickets, we played a, a Rockets. If y'all don't know, I'm talking about the Rockets. <laughs> you know, we're, doing, we're in the playoffs, unlike RC's team. But that's neither here nor there. But the Rockets, they play tonight at fucking 830 at night. You know, that's uh, that's crazy. So I'm not going to hit it because there's something. Yeah, 630 to you, bro. We're not talking about you. We're talking about you. asked me about my Sunday. I'm talking about playoff <laughs> basketball. So I know that, you know. But, you know, there's something else that's amazing to cap off the weekend. I'm going to have something special, DVR, uh, getting recorded on the DVR, something real special tonight to cap off my Rockets playoff win. It's the Game of Thrones season. The the final season premiere is on tonight. We're going to see who will sit on the fucking throne. Will it be? The true king, Jon Snow, a.k.a. something, Tajir. I don't really know his, his whole, his real name. But I'm fucking with Jon Snow. And we're going to see hey, how it goes. Is that the show, is that the show where they got that, that, that girl that's the queen of the dragons or some shit like that? R.C., you know what the show is, bro. i never seen don't it disrespect. before, but I did don't, see that. Don't disrespect me by asking if, if that girl's from the Game of Thrones when you know She's from the fucking Game of Thrones, R.C. I didn't know. I wanted to you know this. This is a big one. I can look her up. So she kind of. I cute. think her name is yeah Tar- Targaryen. She's a Targaryen. I don't really. I don't know that. I've seen it. You know, I'm not one of these people that watch the show a thousand times. I've seen every episode one time, so I don't know a lot of people's names. I don't really. I just know their character. Yeah, she's on there. She's the 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 dragon queen. Tajarian, I think it's her last name. Something I don't know. Khaleesi. Mm-hmm. Her name is. Is it Khaleesi? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, she sort. She looks good. Um, the this is the best show on TV since the Wayans brothers, and uh, you know I'm wow. very excited to to cap my weekend off with a little. Uh, I said I was about to say Grand Theft Auto with a little Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, one more question before we get out of here, because uh, since you did bring up playoffs, and I did see um, what is this, the halftime show with uh, Sam Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, my girl Michelle Beadle, and Paul Pierce, supposedly called the truth. But final topic, I guess, before we wrap it up out of here, Willa, in your humble estimation, did Paul Pierce have a better career than one Dwayne Wade? Oh hell no! <laughs> great, great answer, great answer. I don't know where Paul Pearson this pettiness comes from, but he was mad because he didn't get a going away tour like Kobe. He all of a sudden wants to take shots at D Wade. Always throws shade at LeBron. Somebody need to give Paul Pierce a hug, man. So uh, with the basketball topic being there, I echo the sentiments heavily from Willa about that because no way, no how, like Rob Parker says. Did Paul Pierce have a better career than Dwayne Wade? Shout out to Dwayne Wade in Wade County. 
We lost a real one coming out and going out on his own terms. What a triple-double. I've always been a big fan of Dwayne Wade, and uh, it's sad to see him go. And uh, even more sad to see Carmelo Anthony on the bench getting ready to shoot a shot but did not because he was afraid to get some sort of uh, uh, backlash if he was to miss it. Whatever, whatever. But anyways, folks, with Outsiders Boxing Podcast, shout-out to Juan Carlos, like Willis said. Hopefully he has a good night with his girl and, and happy birthday to her and all that good stuff. Hopefully y'all have a good rest of the week. Make sure your Monday is better than it was last Monday and always have progression. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, speaking from the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, Southern California with J.P. Inglewood, where they're always up to no good. And big shout-out to Texas. As they say, everything's better in Texas or bigger, whatever the fuck it is. I'm R.C., the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we out of here. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.